Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this episode of Pop Culture Weekly, I talk with Nathan W. Pyle all about his brand new Apple TV Plus series, Strange Planet, and then I talk with legendary producer, writer, director, filmmaker, Akiva Goldsman, all about his Apple TV Plus series, The Crowded Room. Let's go! Welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon from iHeartRadio. Your pop culture news, views, reviews, and celebrity interviews on all the movies, TV, music, and pop culture you crave weekly. Here's Kyle McMahon. Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon. I, of course, am Kyle McMahon, and I am so happy that you're here with me for another week and another episode of Pop Culture Weekly. It's a little weird with, you know, the strike, the Writers Guild strike and the uh, actors strike. So we're doing the best we can. I'm trying to find creative ways to keep the show interesting until the strike is over, whenever that may be. And the actors and writers get, you know, um, all that they're due. Oh, and by the way, I'm getting all my strike news from Deadline.com. I love Deadline. You know, I've talked about them before. Deadline is the breaking news for Hollywood. I mean, it's, you know, Billboard magazine for music. It's the Bible for music. So Deadline is the Bible for Hollywood, for movies and series and all that good stuff. So I'm getting everything. I'm checking 12 times a day on Deadline.com to find out the latest on the strikes and everything else that is going on. So get your strike news and everything else there, Deadline.com. Today, I'm really excited because we have two great guests. Nathan W. Pyle, who is the creator of Strange Planet, which is now a brand new series on Apple TV Plus, and it is awesome. I really, really love it. Also, I talk with Akiva Goldsman. Now, Akiva is a filmmaker, screenwriter, you know, producer, director. I mean, he is the consummate filmmaker, really. And you may know him from such things as Batman Forever, A Time to Kill, Practical Magic, A Beautiful Mind, where he won a uh, Oscar and a Golden Globe, I, Robot, Cinderella Man, Da Vinci Code, I Am Legend, The Divergent Series, Transformers The Last Night, an upcoming Constantine sequel, so much. Oh, and that's just on the film side, on the TV side, he's got Star Trek Discovery, Fringe, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and The Crowded Room, which you know I've been covering The Crowded Room since it, since before it debuted on Apple TV+, Plus, which is based on the 1981 nonfiction novel The Minds of Billy Milligan by Daniel Keyes. Of course, it stars Tom Holland, Amanda Seyfried. Really, really, really incredible series. And... Akiva is the creator of The Crowded Room. So uh, two really great interviews today. I'm really excited about them, and I can't wait for you to hear them. 
Let's start off with Nathan W. Pyle as we discuss his Apple TV Plus series, Strange Planet. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Nathan. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kyle. Of course. So uh, tell me a little bit about, you know, so I I find it interesting that with the series Strange Planet, uh, you um, back in the beginning, you actually went to school for theology, correct? (laughs) Yes, that's true. Yeah. Uh, how did that, you know, I, I, it's interesting to me because, uh, y- you know, I think there's so many, um, uh, interesting pieces that come up, you know, when you're dealing with theology and then you're dealing with a series like this, where it takes place, not of our world. How did that influence you in, in strange planet? A lot of common thread there where you're ultimately asking what else and who else is out there? Uh, that was a big part of what I've always been curious about. Um, when it came to, you know, studying theology, I, I realized that uh, so many historical ideas that that humans have asked all stem from the same curiosities that that we just we're uh, flying a- along on this planet through space, trying to figure out existence. Um, and we actually don't we don't really know the answer to a lot of the ultimate questions and yet we still have to fold our laundry even as we're thinking Mm -hmm. about that so that's that's a big part of what i think made strange planet fun to make there's that existential question at the heart of every human at the same time we're drinking you know coffee in the morning or drinking alcohol at night um trying to trying to enjoy the presence of each other um understanding that uh, no one has those answers exactly um but we're we're all in this together trying to figure it out i love that and and you know going forward a little uh you decided you were teaching theology i believe and then uh decided you wanted to um dive into the arts as a as a profession and you kind of took you know it, not to be funny but a leap of faith uh in <laughs> doing that and um and it's obviously paid off for you was that scary you know kind of leaving something that's you know much more traditional and steady and uh sure. and being like i'm gonna jump into um into the unknown you know it was really new york city and the internet at the same time that i jumped into um so 15 years ago i guess at this point i i found not just in new york i found a lot of creative people but i found on the internet through a company called Threadless, I started to design cartoons and create T-shirt designs, uh, and found other artists uh, through Threadless. and And I and I think what I appreciated most was that it it, it is very difficult to be an artist. It's very uh, lonely. It's you're you're independent. Uh, you're trying to find your way. Uh, but if you find a community of artists, a community of like-minded creative people, uh, through the internet, especially that that can be a really huge boost to not just morale, but to your own ideas of what's possible for sure. Yeah. And you, you created strange planet kind of as like a, a web comic, which blew up uh, a lot through um, Reddit and, and Instagram, social media. Uh, did you ever envision at that time, you know, this is going to be a, a, a series on Apple TV plus. <laughs> uh, no, nor would I have guessed that I, I could get to work with Dan Harmon uh, because of it. And it was all very uh, surprising. What I did realize was I had a moment there in 2019 where I had to I had to put aside everything else I was doing 
and draw one comic a day. I had to make sure I posted every single day. Uh, and that was a really, that was a big moment for me because I, I never stuck to anything. I'm I, uh, like, I'd stuck to that, uh, really every day, uh, post one comic and took a lot of my time and energy doing that. But that was what was necessary in that moment, because that was the, the, the moment of, of expansion, the moment of exploration, uh, to, to make something for a whole year, uh, where you post it every day. And that, and that's really, I think the secret to how, uh, that, that continued to expand in that first year. Yeah. So do you believe that, uh, that, that dedication, because I mean, doing something every day for a year, uh, except for like brushing your teeth or something, you know, I mean, doing <laughs> something like that every day for a year is insane dedication. Um, it, are those the Michael Jordan hours, you know, that, that you believe <laughs> led you to, to, uh, to the explosion? I, you know, I, I, I would never want to communicate anything, but that it was very fun. And I, and I was, a, I was still living a, a healthy lifestyle, <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, I think sticking to it. I think a lot of creative people can relate to being a little bit interested in a lot of different projects, uh, which I think you, anyone has probably had that experience in life. Like I'd like to paint, but I'd also like to sculpt. Uh, there are a lot of different ways that, that we can go creatively doing the same thing every day for a whole year was creating in a way that actually stretched me in a, in a different direction that I'd never done before. And I do recommend that kind of de dedication, not necessarily grind. I don't want to say that word, but dedication to, and practice, which I do think really did help, uh, me grow in a way that I had, I had never done before because I'm. I'm uh, interested in too many different directions at once. So. <laughs> and, uh, and, and now it's, you know, it's coming. It is, it is here. The time is now. Uh, what is this moment like for you? You know, it's, it's an, an extremely smart series. Uh, it is, as you said, very existential. We, I feel like as the viewers are the aliens, um, right. you know, what, what is this moment like for, for you? It's going to be a lot of uh, making sure that I get a glimpse of the the reactions from different corners of the planet. I, I I have to capture these occasionally. Someone will tag me on Instagram on a story from some other country, and so much of the so much of the audience is from the other countries. I just want to know how they respond and how it sounds to them, and even some of the languages that that are are dubbed in. I'm I'm really excited to see that because I think that's part of. What I've loved most about this experience is just learning about other cultures. When I did a comic about April Fool's Day, uh, I was told by some of my French fans that they had uh, something similar but different, and it revolved around fish. And I was I was so fascinated to learn like everyone has their own tooth fairy analogous, something analogous to the tooth fairy in their culture. Everyone has their own versions of a lot of these different traditions. And it, it just, it's, it's beautiful to understand that it's, and this is where I am now. I'm just learning more about other, other people and how they receive the work will be really fun. I love that. And I think it's very reflective of the series itself. So it's much, uh, very much ap apropos, uh, is that <laughs> yes. the, I, I shouldn't use big words cause I, you know, uh, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, thank you so much, Nathan. I can't wait for everybody to see strange planet on Apple TV plus. Nathan W. Pyle. So Strange Planet is out today, right now, on Apple TV+, and it is well, 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 well worth your time. 
it's really cool as you heard in you know my interview with Nathan uh it's it's really refreshing um I I really love it and I think you will too and of course let me know when you check it out Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Next up, the legendary. This man is, you know, he, he's one of those creators that has been involved with like every big thing ever. And so I'm really excited to talk to him for the first time. Let's get right into it. My interview with Akiva Goldsman. So we're going to talk about the crowded room, which is absolutely incredible. But I wanted to go back a little bit, if we could, um, to your your incredible career. Uh, how did you you've done so many iconic um, works, film and TV and uh, how did you get into this? Well, the truth is I'm a failed fiction writer. Mm. Um, I, uh, you know, I, um, I always wanted to be a writer uh, when I was a boy and, um, uh, and I was not particularly good at it. Um, and uh, I, uh, I went to undergraduate and then graduate school for writing. Uh, I got a master's degree in fiction writing from NYU, which we, referred to as pre-unemployment. <laughs> um, and then I spent 10 years uh, trying to sell a short story. And I sold not one, although I have boxes of rejection notes, you know, back when they were hand typed. Um, and, uh, and at a certain point, it seemed that maybe I thought screenplay would be easier. Uh, and I read a book and I took a course uh, by a guy named Robert McKee. Uh, and I wrote a screenplay. And uh, and I got lucky. Um, and so people always say, oh, you sold the first screenplay you wrote. And that's a great story. But the truth is, I wrote it on the other end of thousands and thousands and thousands of unsold, terrible pages. Yeah. Yeah. I love when when people say, um, you know, oh, overnight success or whatever. Well, yeah, but you didn't see that the 20 years before that of, you know, sleeping on a bench or something to to do your art. You know what I mean? Indeed. I, I actually do think writing is like sit-ups. I mean, if you do enough of them, it will make a difference. If, they, if you write through enough bad pages, you're likely to get to a good one. <laughs> I love that. And for you, you know, you, I mean, you've done uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. What was, what was that like for you to get such, you know, huge lore, iconic properties? Well, you know, it was, a, it was a very interesting time and a very different time for superhero movies because, you know, um, comic books are typically, you know, ahead of recording the in progress. Oops. Uh, comic books are typically uh, ahead of the curve, um, you know, when it comes to sort of presentation of uh, superheroes. I mean, I think it's sort of caught up now. I think Kevin Feige was really instrumental in kind of getting the two uh, to be paced together. But um, in those days, Nobody quite knew uh, what was acceptable. And of course, comic book fans, uh, myself included, were sort of darker and uh, 
and then Hollywood was a little bit lighter. And Tim Burton had done the, sort of a great, sort of the, I think, sort of the seminal job of introducing a darker toned uh, and more sort of comic book faithful version of Batman to the world. Warner's kind of was like, well, maybe it's too dark. Um, and uh, and they hired Joel Schumacher. And I had been working with Joel on the the John Grisham movies, and he knew I was a Batman fan. And, uh, so I came in and worked on on Batman Forever, and that was really a delight. Um, and there's a lot of sort of conversation now on the internet about the unseen version of Batman Forever, and there really is a, a longer version, which is in fact darker oh, wow. uh, than the released version. Um, and it's all about guilt and shame and all the reasons why Bruce might suit up like that every day and get himself in a situation where he gets the shit kicked out of him. Uh, on a nightly basis and the idea that maybe that's punitive self-punitive and uh and he's trying to sort of work out some of uh some of his guilt and uh i'm not the first person to suggest that but i was probably the first person to get it into a movie and then have it cut out right um uh so that was fun and that was weird and that was intense because that was also the beginning of when movies in that way intersected popular culture in a kind of pervasive marketed way. So there was the seal song and the happy meal and that you couldn't go anywhere without sort of the world reflecting back the thing you were working on, which was awesome. Yeah. And then there was Batman and Robin, which wasn't awesome. Uh, <laughs> and uh, is the exact opposite experience, uh, you know, and all I can say about that is, you know, we didn't mean for it not to work. Um, I mean, you know, uh, nobody makes a thing in hopes that it sucks. Um, and, uh, you know, we tried really hard to make a movie that we didn't make and, you know, it happens sometimes. And, and that was, that was no fun. <laughs> but, you, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to bring these iconic characters from page to screen, you know, I mean, that's pretty cool no matter how it turned out, I think. It is cool. And, and of course, what is cool as a fan and as a human uh, is, you know, you do wander around those sets, you know, and as a writer and sort of like, you know, we, you know, and we really did build Wayne Manor and the Batmobile and the actors were great and the process was extraordinary. Uh, uh, you know, then the product was, you know, different. <laughs> and you have, you know, gone on to, to write and produce and direct, uh, your first film that, that you directed, I believe was Winner's Tale, correct? It was, and and I, I I directed that. Um, you know, it was a book that I loved very much, uh, a novel that I I think is extraordinary, and uh, uh, I directed it. Uh, my wife had just died, and I I, I did it as a kind of uh, love letter to her, and I sort of enjoined a lot of folks that I knew, uh, and probably uh, again didn't really know enough to make the movie, uh, but but kind of needed to, and mm. uh, was enough to to get to do it and so in in its own way uh it's a weirdly personal uh uh moment that sort of uh because of my particular life experience and career ended up being reflected on on, on film that's that's beautiful i'm so sorry for your loss i lost oh, okay. uh my mom um two oh. years ago to pancreatic cancer and i oh. similarly did a um and i'm finishing um, a limited series called Death, Grief, and Other Shit We Don't Discuss, where I went around the country and um, 
the first part of each episode is narrative, telling my mom's story on that particular topic, you know, diagnosis or uh, the uh, funeral or whatever. And then the second half of each episode is talking to a subject matter expert on that topic. And uh, it's that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, I Um, bet. But uh, but most rewarding. And, and so I find it interesting that, you know, I didn't know that with with Winner's Tale, but you pour, as you know, you pour yourself into this project and it has helped me grieve. I'm, you know, I'm never going to get over that loss. I was very close with my mom and uh, I'll be grieving the rest of my life. But as a creative and I'm sure it was similar for you, I had to put that energy somewhere or I wouldn't have survived. And yes, that's what I did. Yes. And I, I you know, and I, and I do think that that activity, that the sort of the, the transmutation of the pain into something that you share with other people moves the grief, mm-hmm. you know, it shifts it into a different place. And so you do keep it, but it, it becomes an artifact of your insides, you know, rather than this whole. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, for me, honestly, my, my whole career has actually been sort of secretly about smuggling my own uh, particular point of view and typically my own losses into other people's narrative structures. My collaborations are collaborations in adaptation. They're collaborations over time. So A Beautiful Mind was really about uh, the group home that my parents founded that I grew up in, which was for emotionally disturbed children. So I didn't understand that people didn't hit their head against the wall or hang babies out, uh, you know, uh, or see things flying around outside of the windows because uh, that's the world I grew up in. And so I could create a world for John Nash where his reality was subjective, but seemed quite real to him. Um, And, and crowded room was very much that for me too, Um, was a kind of a, a navigation of my own, suffering as a kid and the suffering I've seen around me when it comes to, to, you know, real trauma and pain and, and, and what human beings do in relation to that. This, the, the series is absolutely beautiful. Tom, the, the whole cast is, is, is incredible. I really enjoy how it's, it almost is play like for me, like you're watching a play um, rather than, uh, you know, um, a, a series or, or film or whatever, because it's very much, um, contained in a lot of ways and it makes it because of the content, it makes it so much more, um, impactful for me anyway. Uh, well, and, and was that, okay. was that, no, was that, was that, um, something that you, you know, as you're writing this, that you went in thinking or did that just kind of come naturally or i am a big believer i think just reflexively in these kind of first person narrative objects you know um beautiful mind is that i am legend is that where you kind of never leave the company of the protagonist you know and now it's they're a little harder to write because there's no b plot (laughs) um and you know but really um you know in the in the first four episodes of Crowded Room, you're just with Tom. You're with the character of Danny all the time. There there are no cutaways, right? Because it is fundamentally a subjective reality. And the best way to sort of seduce an audience into intimacy, right, or invite them into intimacy is to get them up close Mm. to the lead character. So I think part of 
that experience is, I think it's shot that way. I think it's also, you know, it's built in close-ups a lot, but it's also the inescapability of the experience of the lead character, which is a little bit more atypical. We don't really notice, but typically in structure of TV and movie, you cut away to something else right. and then you come back and that kind of gives you a breath and it also makes it feel bigger. Um, stay with the lead and it's smaller, but more intense. And so I think in some ways that's what you're reacting to. Yeah, and it 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 works uh, flawlessly. Um, this this series, uh, y- you know, it is. I, I don't. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be spoiler free. This is a series that deals with um, real issues that that so many of us deal with in um, in ways we might not even uh, recognize or, or maybe should be recognized. Um, how do you balance? that uh heavy you know subject with um not with also being entertaining if that makes sense because it's it's weighty you know look i think the show's a hard show i really do i think there's no two ways about it i mean you know we're talking about some of the most painful things that you know that that you know occur on our planet you know that what what adults do to children um is about as horrible as anything if what they're doing is horrible. Like, you know, there's there's sort of no way around that. And 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 what the human mind does to manage that kind of pain is extraordinary, but also painful. So um part of how the show works for those who think it works is you become very close to the character of Danny Sullivan because Tom Holland is such a profoundly good actor and he's doing such an amazing job in this show. It's really, he's revelatory and and he pulls you in and the story hopefully pulls you in and you're walking through life and this incident, this crime with this kid and it sort of tries to tease you into thinking it's a thriller and that hopefully gets you engaged enough that then when it reveals itself to not be really a thriller at all certainly not a thriller of incident but a thriller of emotion it's a mystery of emotion not a mystery Mm -hmm. of story really um and as you watch this kid play again played by tom start to understand himself and the truth of the world he lives in you know that is engaging entertaining is a hard word because i think one feels compelled to watch it if one is if it's working i think one is engaged with it i think one is grateful to have seen it um but you know it, it, it's not a light experience and 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 we knew that going in but i i think that the things it's talking about are not light mm-hmm. uh and sort of you know need to be addressed and so we sort of smuggle them into a story uh and hope that by engaging with the character and the other wonderful actors around it, people will become empathetic to those who seem different to them. I love that. Um, and that kind of answers, you know, the the final thing I was going to ask you was what do you hope um, someone that films this, I mean, I mean, films this, watches this, uh, what do you hope the takeaway is in the viewing experience? Well, you know, I, I think we made this honestly with a very singular purpose, which is to be an empathy generator, mm. to sort of create the opportunity for people to see 
those they might think of as different as not so different after all. People who struggle with mental illness are often perceived as other. We look at them and we instantly disconnect. You know, we don't say there, but for the grace of God, go I. We kind of go, oh, that's different. Uh, and so when I am lucky and when it's working, what I'm often trying to do, and most particularly in this piece, is to say, no, it may seem unreasonable to you, but you're outside of that person's mind. You're outside of that person's experience. But if you could inhabit their skin, if you could feel their heart the way they do, everything they're doing makes perfect sense. It's just a different reality than yours. And to me, that's so sorely lacking today. Our ability to understand other people's experience hmm. has been elbowed out by our need to just pay attention to our own. And with this loss of, loss of empathy comes the world we're living in. And so if we can use stories hmm. to bridge those gaps between people and make the other not so other, if we could wear a skin that isn't ours, our compassion will increase. And maybe the things will get a little better. I love that. I love that. And I think all art should aim to do that. Um, I, sir, I could talk to you for hours about your work and everything. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I really My appreciate pleasure. your time. Uh, the crowded room exclusively on Apple TV plus is, uh, I, I, I am absolutely, uh, in love with it as, as, uh, as a piece. Um, thank you, sir. Thank you. And come in, next project, come back, come back on. Happy to. I look forward to it. Thank Thanks, you. Man. Take care. You too. Akiva Goldsman. This guy, as I said, he is just the consummate uh, filmmaker. Is involved in every aspect, you know, of, of filmmaking from creating, like creating, you know, the crowded room on Apple TV Plus to uh, directing, writing, producing, executive producing. I mean, he does it all. So two incredible interviews today. I'm so happy that you got to listen to them and hang out with me for an hour or so. Uh, don't forget to keep on checking Deadline.com for the up-to-date strike news. I am really hoping for a resolution that gets the actors and and the directors and the writers, the actors and the writers and everyone else paid what they are due. So deadline.com for all the latest on that. In any event, keep in touch with me on threads and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else. And let me know, as always, what you think. Share the show if you have loved this episode. Share it with a friend that you think would, too. That really, really helps. And of course, your reviews on Apple Podcasts, your your honest to goodness reviews on Apple Podcasts help grow the show too. So I will see you next week. I love you. We out. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Weekly. Hear all the latest at popcultureweekly.com. I had two great interviews today they were amazing yay and i will say okay two more interviews yay okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.